Hello, and welcome back to What Does It Mean to Be an Instructional Designer? I'm Eamon Powers, and this is episode six. Today, I have the distinguished pleasure of bringing you uh, a one-on-one interview I did with Kara North um, that was, you know, if you've not heard uh, Kara speak on a podcast or seen her at a conference or watched one of her um, YouTube videos, uh, then you're just missing out because Kara is a passionate instructional designer. She is passionate about the field. Um, she is incredibly selfless. Um, she did uh, specifically ask me to say that she's a uh, total hard ass and to no one reach out to her. No, I'm just kidding. She, Well, she did actually say that, but she was definitely joking about it. Um, but Kara is one of those people that is just, um, I think, really working hard to make sure uh, that the field of instructional design is well represented. Uh, she's incredibly um, insightful. She's really, really helpful. She does these job postings every Monday. If you're not following her LinkedIn feed um, and you're an instructional designer, I think you're really missing out because she covers a really wide breadth of topics. Everything from you know uh, HR kind of onboarding stuff to she was doing some immersive stuff the other day. Um, so I think she's really doing a great job of running the whole gamut of what it means to be an instructional designer uh, here in uh, 2021. Um, she is the, uh, her, for her, you know, one work life, because I would imagine she would indicate that she's got like three or four different jobs, uh, which is which is definitely true of, of many in the field. Uh, but uh, she's obviously doing this quite well. Uh, so she's the operations training manager at uh, Silifix Incorporated. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then she's also the founder of The Learning Camel, which is a super cool like freelance stuff that she's doing. So like I said, she's got like a ton of experience. She is also still in school uh, pursuing that sweet PhD life like um, some other uh, insane people that I know. Uh, but I think all of this is in pursuit of uh, not necessarily fame and fortune. It's really just the pursuit of like working hard and you know really perfecting your craft and I think Carrie is a perfect example of that person who's really striving to perfect your craft uh, and is very open and transparent about it and I think those are things that we could all get behind so um, without further ado we're just gonna uh, jump right into it uh, she did a great job on this one-on-one and uh, she does a great job with everything so without further ado here's Kara North you know again seriously thank you for participating in this uh, you it's incredible because um, it's the whole experience from the initial stuff that wasn't any interview stuff, but it was just document collection and stuff. And, and up until uh, today, right now, the whole experience has been like incredibly insightful and really interesting. So uh, I really can't tell you how much I appreciate your participation in it. It's been really, really helpful. Um, today, we're going to be going through... Um, so today we're going to be going through in fairly similar sense of the focus group, um, like some open-end questions where you can just kind of let it rip, if you will. Um, but this time, obviously, it's just me and you. Um, so, you know, there, there's no one else involved. Um, again, kind of the basic overarching question here is what does it mean to be an instructional designer, right? Um, and that means specifically for you, right? Um, I got a schedule for 30 minutes. Um, I've kept the questions pretty minimal. And I'm really interested in, you know, what you have to say uh, about the profession and your personal experience. So, okay. sound okay? Yeah, that's fine. Thanks, Kara. Appreciate it. All right. So, um, 
we did the focus group uh, a little more than two weeks ago now. Uh, wow, has it been that long? I know. It is a little ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, I really enjoyed that. That was like a week I needed just to vent. And it was just so nice to just vent and talk to other people that freaking get it. It was awesome. So I'm glad I was able to be part of it. We very much appreciated you being part of it as well. I, I, it was um it's funny because like almost I think everyone uh, everyone's giving me that feedback that they're like, oh, man, it was good to just like talk for an hour and like realize you're not a crazy person. Right. Yes. And, <laughs> yes, I understand that. Um, so, you know, with that being said, it's been a couple weeks and I, I know I'm not uh, I know an hour long conversation with some peers is not necessarily something that's the only thing you're going to think about. But uh, in those two weeks, has, you know, has anything shook loose right and anything you've been thinking about since then uh in a new context or, or or anything really any feedback um yeah so i you know personally i'm starting to kick off like a new series on my youtube channel interviewing people that actually got an id job in 2020 and one thing just by having those conversations recently that's kind of stuck in my mind is to me it is no wonder that people's heads spin when they're trying to figure out what it is that we do because especially I think COVID escalated this but I think it's kind of always been working this like kind of dark side of ID if you will but um, there's these like weird kind of fly-by-night academies of people that okay let me back up I think everyone can agree that there is a gap in the formal instructional design education and then doing the work right so there's a a gap between being formally educated and being a practitioner but i feel like especially when COVID hit and a lot of teachers are like listen i'm i'm out deuces i don't want to do this anymore and they were looking to to become instructional designers i saw all these like facebook things pop up of give me money and i'll teach you how to be an id and all and it's like people that like I've never heard of and people that I've known who's done this for more than a decade like me have never heard of these people either not to say that they're not good people but you have all these like people and noise like trying to I hate to say this but it's like they're trying to take advantage of people that are trying to find a job because they know people are so desperate to transition and try something new right or god forbid people are unemployed and trying to get get a job right now so um you know that's weighed very heavily on my mind the last couple of weeks because you know i'm very blessed you know i have a full-time job um but i also know that i would never ask anybody to give me their credit card number for my time because i have had so much help along in my career I'm blessed to be in a position to pay pay it forward. I feel like there's kind of that like um, you know unwritten code of professionalism, so to speak, because for the most part, the folks that are in this profession are genuinely good, caring people who love to see other people succeed and and you know have their little piece of the world, right? So um, I just feel like I'm seeing this like kind of dark culture come out that's really really upset me to be very blunt that you know people are and p 
people think that these people are the representation of the profession that I love. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, no, I've never, they've never spoke at a conference. I've never seen an e-learning that they've made. Like, you know, what gives them the authority to take your money and tell you what an idea is. Right. And so, and then from people that went through it, they still can't get a job because again, that didn't really fill a gap that just filled someone's pocketbook so yeah yeah so like help that didn't really help you know yes yeah i didn't honestly i had no idea that was happening so that's oh it's 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 cray so one example i'll give you um you know i got a i don't know why i still use facebook that's my own problem uh but you know i was on there and i got this stupid facebook ad about you know oh sign up for my class for 47 dollars to be an instructional designer using the harper method and i'm like dubs like what's harper method and i looked and the person that done it that's their last name and they had on there their course they built using the harper method and i was like what? <laughs> like, that's horrible. Like, I, I could give you a laundry list of one, at least 100 things that I would change about that. Sure. Um, but if you have no working knowledge, right, you only have the theoretical background, whatever, you see a digital product, you salivate toward it because maybe that's what you didn't have in your formal education. And then you pony up $47 and get laughed at when you come to someone like me, who's a hiring manager. When I say, how do you approach your design process? I use the Harper method. I'm telling them to get the heck out of Dodge. Right. <laughs> I mean, Kara, I use the Harper method every day. No, so. you don't. You better not. I'll hang up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, 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 you know, and, and yeah. you know, I made a YouTube video about this too because, you know, I scroll through again social media and I saw somebody saying, I'm a licensed instructional designer. I'm like, no, you're not. You're a liar is what you are. There's no such thing as a licensed instructional designer. And I made a video saying, if you are a licensed professional, that means the state that you live in has some kind of a board or governing body and you have to renew your license in order to be a professional. And that doesn't equate to any instructional designer that I know. Right. But I know you said that to make yourself kind of stand out or look cool, but you look like an idiot to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, a license. That's, you know, that's fun. Yeah. That's, but, you know, I, I'm being very snarky, right? But on the other hand, too, I can see where somebody could fall into that trap if they come from the education wor world, they get their master's or whatever, and then, you know, they're used to kind of that nomenclature. Maybe then that's why they said it. So giving that person the benefit of the doubt, right? Um, I could see that. But again, just looking at this kind of dark side of what I've been seeing, this opportunistic side, I, it's just, you know, it's been a whole lot it's really weighed heavily on me. So that's why I was like, I just need to unplug and get off of stuff because it is just going to make me more and more angry and I don't need to be that way. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, especially. Yeah. I mean, like I, I agree with your, your take on the whole, like you can't, there's, there's always, always going to be someone that's trying to like, you know, I don't know how to be, solicitations I get on a regular basis of like 
hey, like, you want this, or I can get you that. And you're like, dude, like, no, right? Like, you just don't even, you're expecting me to be an idiot here. That's what you're saying right. by doing this. And I'm, I, I hope I'm not going to be, uh, you know, like, no, I'm not going to comply with that, right? You know, that's, um, and I hope no one else does either. But, you know, the, that people do it, make it clear that sometimes it works. And that's the thing that's a bit disconcerting, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So excellent answer. Thank you. <laughs> Probably um, not what you were expecting, but uh, truth, you know. So. The, the reality of the matter is that that's why they, these are, um, you know, that that's exactly why I asked these questions, right? Because I'm not expecting any specific answer. I'm very interested in really what you have to say, yeah, because that 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 helps me like understand like the different the different realities that exist out there, right? And for some, what's interesting is for some people that reality is uh, maybe I need to be a licensed instructional designer, and and obviously like if you're an informed individual, you're you know that's not true, right? You know, um, right. so yeah, uh, that's a good point. All right, second question. So truth be told, uh, when I was going through the transcript of the um, focus group, um, I realized that I, I messed up one of my questions, uh, like entirely, right? Just totally booked it. And um, and it was it was because I was caught up in the moment. We were having a good time. Um, and it was the one about the models, right? Uh, so we wound up talking about like the validity of models and, and all that. And that was excellent. Don't get me wrong. That was very useful. But the question I was trying, I, I should have asked, and I, I just didn't because I've, I've looked through it and I'm like, wow, you just didn't even ask it. You weren't even close. Um, so it's one of those things that's funny. The, the basic question I was actually trying to get to was, okay, so if we looked at Addy, right, not as a model or, or anything, right, or a, as a workflow or whatever, but like if those are the general kind of things you're doing, on a daily basis, right? Or a weekly, monthly basis, whatever. Um, you know, if, if you were gonna give a percentage of like per one of those letters, or if there's a letter that, I, that isn't in Addy, right? Um, or if, if percentage per letter is too granular, which I totally understand, if there's like one or two letters that like take up all your time, right? Um, what does that look like for you? Oh, uh, easy. So now that I am, you know, in charge of an entire department, um, I live in the A and E. Um, so I really am a stickler when somebody reaches out to me and says, "Hey, we need your team to create training." Um, I I'm a firm believer in Kathy Moore's action mapping. Um, that is like my professional Bible um, and for analysis. And then my professional Bible for evaluation is Will Thalheimer's performance focused smile sheets. Um, so essentially I basically do my best. Um, I do most of the analysis on my team um, and I will have a stakeholder. I'll have a SME set up. I'll have a history of a project. I'll have uh, the KPIs written. I'll have um, some ideas on what it is that they need to achieve. So that way, when I toss it over to one of the learning experience designers on the team, they can go ahead, have that kickoff meeting with the SME, and then just start getting that content fire hose, right? And then start building, right? So um, I find that, you know, specifically the team 
they really like the design development part. So I try to give them what they're best at. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that is kind of their main focus. Um, Now, with that being said, I do have one team member who uh, has made it very clear to me that they would like to move up into management. I want to support that person because I know that, again, I wish I had some better leadership in some of the jobs that I did, but unfortunately, I feel like they were threatened. Uh, I not threatened at all. I think that, you know, success is the best team sport. And if there's anything I can do to support that person, I want to. So um, probably starting in the beginning of the year, that person's going to be part of those analysis conversations with me more. Um, I would definitely say analysis is probably the biggest part of my time, just because I would say on a monthly basis, maybe 30 to 40% of the stuff that I get called to talk about or um, discuss isn't a training problem and I have no problem pushing back. Um, Great example is, you know, we have um, a product that we manufacture. We have people that uh, do permanent damage to the product when it's being manufactured, meaning it gets scratched, dented, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, they came, you know, five alarm fire, we need training people don't know how to handle materials, right, whatever. And I said, okay, um, can I come see the area? So I got suited up my PPE went out there. And long story short, um, I would have scratched the crap out of stuff too, because the way that we had the environment set up is they had to walk carrying 60 pounds um, in their hands of very slippery, delicate material um, pretty far across the plant without having a cart to move it on. And I'm like, well, no wonder, right? So it was an environmental issue, wasn't a training issue. And I said, hey, how about we get more carts in here and have better support? And then because I was still newer to the company, then they're like, oh, that's a great idea. We never thought of that. So they were too close to it, right? So um definitely analysis and then for evaluation um you know my department had no evaluation mechanism um training has not been evaluated at my my org like ever so i really had to build out a strategy for that and um, a lot of the questions that i ask deal with how confident people are in the material applying it to their job. And so my favorite question to ask is, you know, how confident do you feel after this learning experience applying this content to your job? And it's kind of a behavioral anchor likert, if you want to call it that. So, um, you know, lowest would be I have significant blind spots and I need more addition, more information about it to I could teach my coworker about it confidence. And then the way that we structure our evaluations is we actually use Microsoft Forms. So it tells me who says what. And so then I'm able to follow up with that person and provide additional support, um, hook them up with a subject matter expert and give them uh, better support. So they feel really good about it because they're like, oh, somebody actually cares and is listening to me that I need additional support. And then again, it stops people don't feel bad about asking for that additional help. They're not embarrassed by it. Like it was a public forum or something, right? Cause it's just a form. They don't know how, you know, you don't know how Bob filled it out. Right. But we do. And so they, they're, they're okay with like sharing that. Um, and then the, I, the implementation, that's totally not even our team. We, um, our HR folks do all the, um, 
putting the stuff in learning management says we don't do any of the learning management administration anything so so me a and e um the learning experience designers on my team are the double d's and then we don't do i that is really really interesting you got yourself a little hpt action there with those carts everyone's you know you get, you get double credit for that one <laughs> well i mean you know i again i can definitely play the ignorance card and i, I continue to do so because i have no idea how we grow crystals and manufacture what we do so and they know i have no idea on that so i do ask hey why is that or what is that and then that's been so helpful to me just in this role so mm -hmm. All right, uh, that was a really good answer. Thank you for that. And thank you for uh, saving my ability to actually ask the questions I set out to ask. So that was great. Uh, okay, you're fine. <laughs> um, the last question uh, is, is, um, is one I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident you'll have an opinion on. Um, <laughs> so if you were going to explain, so, you know, you, I, I would assume you, you will often operate as a, from like a consultancy standpoint, even whether you're actually consulting or you're just, you know. Um, so if you could explain to a company or an organization why they need an, an, or an instructional designer, and I mean need, right? Um, how would you explain that? Oh, okay. I think I'll give three tenets as to why an organization needs an instructional designer. Um, number one, people that are great at doing their jobs don't necessarily make the best um, educators or trainers. So just because somebody knows how to do something just because they're great at performance doesn't mean they're going to be able to translate that to information to someone else in a way that they can understand, they can put in their skillet and let it simmer, you know. Um, so instructional designers really take that expert knowledge and share it in a way that everyone can understand it. So that's kind of the magic of that. So that's number one. Number two is instructional designers also care about the value. Hopefully they care about the value. So just putting up something and having somebody sit through something um, is not training. Uh, my very first learning development book that I got, my manager at Amazon bought it for me, is Telling Eight Training, and that is by far still my favorite book today. It's had such a big impact on me, but um, just because you tell somebody something doesn't mean they necessarily understand and they don't, they're not trained. So instructional designers can set that success criteria through setting up learning objectives by creating meaningful activities and by figuring out what the assessment criteria or KPIs are. So that way you can share back with the business, you know, these are what people are able to perform and do. And third, it's just good to have a second set of eyes. I mean, I, I feel like there's often a disconnect in organizations between the C-suite and the front line. Um, us as instructional designers really have an interesting impact where we sit in an org to kind of have the keys to the kingdom to both right so we're able to speak directly to our leadership and the business but we're also able to speak directly to these uh the frontline people and i take that as a big responsibility because often those people will be multiple levels away from leadership, may not understand what leadership wants, may be mad at the leadership or vice versa. 
leadership may not understand what they want or whatever. So you're kind of this mediator, for lack of a better word, between, you know, what these different uh, forces want and you're able to represent kind of both in a way that you create something that, you know, hopefully solves the need for, for the business. That's a fantastic answer. And also it is the best profession on planet earth. Um, <laughs> completely biased, but I believe that with all my heart, I cannot imagine doing anything else in life. I love it so much. I'm quite fond of it as well. So I, I agree with you. It's um, yeah, it's been really interesting because these questions, what, what it's, um, the, I, can, I can just, I've already done some of the transcribing of the other interviews and these questions uh, wound up being, everyone had very different, it's, it's interesting because we wind up coming, we wind up like intersecting in certain places like Venn diagram style, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like there was a lot of differences in, especially in that Addy thing, right? You know, it's a, a lot of, just a lot of different focus, right? And I do think, I think you've correctly identified that it comes down to whether you're managing or not, it's going to be where you're at on that scale. And it yeah. kind of also determines like the depth of your organization to determine how much of each letter you're doing. Um, but what's weird about that is I don't know how well that's communicated to people, right? You know, so- You know, it's not, I mean, that's- right. Yeah, so yeah. it's, I think that's an interesting thing and I, something I'll probably poke out of it. <laughs> right, well, and I mean, to be very candid, you know, this is my first kind of official leadership role in learning development. And, you know, I still struggle with not, building stuff in storyline Camtasia. Now I still do. I probably shouldn't, but you know, we'll get these projects in and they're like, Oh, I need to make this five minute video. I'm like, yeah, I'm not even going to put this out on the Trello for people to see. I'm just going to do it. Right. Um, Cause sure. that's my happy place. I'm a builder. Like I am an e-learning developer. I love doing that. That's my creative outlet, so to speak. So yes, I can do the analysis and the evaluation, but my true, bliss and passion is definitely the design and development. I think that's probably why I still consult on the side of the state. I don't need to, but I want to, to keep my creative skills sharp and stay up to date on the tools and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, those are all the questions I have. And that's it. Uh, once again, thank you so much to Kara for uh, taking the time to kind of go through some of her process and just uh, share with, you know, share with us the experience of what it means to be an instructional designer from her viewpoint, which I think is, you know, kind of equal parts unique as well as, you know, deeply relatable for anyone that's in the field. Um, as crazy as it sounds, there's only two episodes to go. So uh, next week we're going to get into my boy, <coughs> Jeremy McLaughlin, McLaughlin. McLaugh some some he's got an M last name that I'm I'm gonna butcher because I'm just a terrible friend and I've got him saved in my phone as Jeremy. McLaughlin. Yeah, there we go. I was right the first time. See, I'm a good friend. Anyway, uh we're gonna we're gonna do that and then after that there's uh, kind of a uh, final episode where I'm gonna just take all of the 
research that went into both this, uh, all the individual episodes as well as the other things, and just kind of culminates into um, kind of a, a retrospective of the whole experience. Uh, and what we did with the class, which ultimately this was all for class last semester, um, I made a... Uh, a I made a slideshow, right, for lack of a better term, that had all of the different um, images that you've seen if you've been looking at the uh, the covers of these individual al uh, individual podcast covers, like if you've been looking on a Spotify or one of the other ones, you'll notice that the covers are all different. Well, those actually represent the slides, um, and each of them have some kind of deeper meaning to them. So we'll go through that, and I think it'll be really interesting and cool. Um, but yeah, as always, if you have any feedback or thoughts, just reach out to me on any of the social medias, um, or if you have my phone number, just you know, text me. It's going to be cool. All right. Talk to you guys later.